Hello, friend, and welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And today you are listening to a special replay from April 2021 when I invited my dear friend, uh, Doc Mar from the Netherlands, to join me here on the podcast. Doc Mar had some really great questions about faith. She shared her own personal journey. And I love that Doc Mar is like family to me. And we have a special relationship. So I have very much enjoyed listening to these episodes multiple times myself. And as we prepare for season five coming up in February, Lord willing, um, I wanted to share some of my favorite episodes with you as we prepare. So I hope you enjoy. Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, after having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is a hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. So what if you grew up in one of the most secular countries in the world? What if most people you knew didn't go to church, or if they did, They seemed a little bored or ambivalent. And what if deep down inside, there was a longing to find faith in God, but just feeling confused, like if God was real, how would you ever find him? In other words, would the real God please stand up? Well, hold on, friend, because this month's co-host is going to share her story in just a minute, and you want to be here for it. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And I'm so thankful that you're listening, friend. As you may know, every month we're inviting a young woman with real faith questions to join me as a co-host. And together, we're inviting guests on during the month to share their stories and also hopefully tackle some of my co-hosts' hardest questions. Last month, our co-host was Lucrezia from Italy. And I hope you enjoyed hearing her story and following her Finding Something Real journey. And friend, I hope you take some time, if you haven't already, and listen to those episodes we recorded together. Lou is one of the most thoughtful girls I know, and I don't believe for a second that her faith journey is over. I hope you also caught that bonus episode that we have available on Patreon. So for my regular listener, this is the awkward commercial where I tell you why I hope you support what we're doing here. Patreon membership starts at $5 a month, and that includes a one-time pack of stickers and a monthly bonus episode that I record at the end of each month with just my co-host. That episode is a casual wrap-up discussion where we talk about what impact, if any, this podcast co-hosting journey had. So for the cost of about 
a one Starbucks cup of coffee, your support of this program helps keep us on the air. And in exchange, we provide that bonus content for you. Please check that out over on my website, findingsomethingreal.com, and find out more information under where it says support at the top of the page. I do want to take a moment and just thank today's sponsor. Laurel Denise creates meaningful handmade jewelry meant to encourage, inspire, and remind people of what they cherish most in life. The business is a small crew of women in Charlottesville, Virginia, just building on the dream that God gave the founder Laurel 15 years ago to create encouraging jewelry with her handwriting. They've become a gift company that answers the call for much more than a bracelet. And just on a personal level, I'm so excited to share about Laurel's company because she's creating something that I love. And I ordered some of her bracelets for Christmas gifts this past year. Her handmade leather bracelets are elegant and just beautiful reminders of what I value. In fact, I wear one almost every day that says love on it. So if you want to know more about Laurel Denise and her company, go ahead and check out her creations at laureldenise.com. And Laurel, I just want to say thank you for your support of this program. I'm very grateful. Okay, friend. Today on the podcast, I'm honored to introduce this special co-host. She's never been on this podcast before, although I'm pretty sure if I had had invited her prior to now, she would have come on, hopefully. (laughs) Her sister lived with us for almost a year, several years ago. We talk with her every week, um, her sister that is, and um, this guest actually was in talks with us about coming and living with us as well. Um, We wish she had, but circumstances uh, were different. She's creative, loves to help people. She's an excellent writer. And I'm so excited to welcome my special friend and really a part of what I consider my family, my Dutch family, Dakmar van de Weihart. Dakmar, welcome to the Finding Something Real podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Did I say your name correctly? No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, say say it. Dagmar van de Weijgaard. See, I I don't, I think, I got the first name right, but the last part was bad, right? Van de Weijgaard, kind of? Yeah, but it's not really van de, because it's like van de. Van de. Yeah. Dagmar van de Weijgaard, yes? Yeah, it's better. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if anyone else has trouble with uh, pronouncing words, especially Dutch words, but It's kind of a running joke uh, whenever I talk with you (laughs) that I don't know how to pronounce your name. Um, So do you, should we just say Dakmar from the Netherlands? Would that be fair? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's do that just for ease of everything. Um, So Dakmar, when you were, I believe, just 15, your sister came to live with us. Was that about right? Were you about 15 years old at the time? I think I was 14. 14. Okay. But you were 15 when you came out with your mom to visit us when your sister was. Because when, yeah. 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 Because she was 17. So I was 15. Yeah. Okay. Um, what did you think of the American culture? You'd never been here before, had you? No, I hadn't. Um, yeah. I I liked it. I liked the country. Um, just the vast landscapes and everything. And I also like the people. They're very open and friendly and i love that yeah yeah and we went to target which was very special yeah (laughs) it was very special for me (laughs) and then when my mom and i came out to visit your family in 2019 
you took me for a ride on your motorbike, which I have to say was also a very special experience. <laughs> Do you still have the motorbike? Uh, no, I don't actually. It's um, in my dad's garage, I think. But when I moved out, um, they just kept it. So what's your transportation these days? Um, either bike or train. Okay. Yeah. Because everyone in the Perhaps. Netherlands has a bike. Everybody has a bike. <laughs> um, actually, I read this uh, one day and there are about two and a half bikes per person in the Netherlands. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. It's such a difference. I mean, there are bikes everywhere and it's yeah. much more rare for people to have a car or even a motorbike. So it was really fun to go on, <laughs> to go for a joy <laughs> a ride with you. <laughs> so... Um, Tell whoever's listening right now a little bit about you, maybe some things that you love or dislike. Um, what would you like people who are listening to maybe know? Um, well, I am Dagmar. I live in the Netherlands. Um, I am 19 years old and I study psychomotoric therapy. Um, that's like um, helping people with mental issues throughout. Um, I don't really know how to say this in English, but uh, with their body, like how they see their body, how they feel, like body signals, everything like that. And I do that because I love helping people. Um, I'm a pretty generous person and I always want the best for everybody, even if it's at the cost of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Yeah, um, I love animals, um, I love the countryside, like I said, um, yeah, I don't know, I think that's it. Yeah, and you have a boyfriend? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Ulrich, right? Am I right? Ulrich, yeah. Yeah, and I remember when we came out and visited you, one thing that stood out to me about you, um, when we went to the restaurant that you worked at, you were kind of like the one kind of holding down the fort, like everyone did kind of rely on you. Am I right? That's kind of, I mean, I'm not sure that anyone from there will listen to this. So I think it's okay. <laughs> like that was, that was the perception was, wow. Um, you know, when there's somebody who is a helper for other people and just looking out like what you were saying about wanting the best for people, you could tell that by the way that you were serving and um, working with your colleagues. So uh, that's something that stood out to me about you. Um, yeah, she's nodding. Yes, she knows. Um, so I wanted to segue into talking more specifically about your faith journey here in a second. But just to put it in perspective, for those of us in the United States, um, and if you are an American listening to this, um, I just wanted to share a couple of things. And I'll put the links in the show notes because I did not look up all of the, the statistics last night. Um I used Wikipedia and I used my memory. And so um, if I'm lying, <laughs> go find out in the links. But um, I know I read that recent studies show, I think it's about 4% of our entire U.S. population identifies as atheist, which, by the way, is on an upward trajectory, having doubled from the previous study. Um, but in the Netherlands, where Dakmar is from, atheism is six times more prevalent. Um, I think it was 24% um, identify as atheist. And um, 
According to Wikipedia, in 2015, 82% of the Netherlands population said they never or almost never visited a church. And I mean, think about that, 82%. Um, and 59% stated that they had never been to a church of any kind. That's almost 60% of the population has never been to a church of any kind. In one survey, 24, oh, here we go, 24% saw themselves as atheist, an increase of 11% compared to a previous study done in 2006. So it's uh, rising. And in 2019, Statistics Netherlands reported that non-religious people were in the majority for the first time. Only 49% of those 15 and above identified as religious. So, Dagmar, before I ask you specifically about your journey, does anything that I just shared about the Netherlands and its kind of relationship with faith surprise you? Um, actually, it surprises me that there uh, the studies show that it's only 24% atheist because um, in my group of people, almost everyone that I know does not believe. Mm-hmm. So it's like more rare if someone says, yeah, I believe in God, than if someone says, no, I don't know what's real. I don't believe in anything. Mm-hmm. And so would you say that people are more uh, agnostic in the sense of, I don't know what I believe and I'm not really that concerned about it. Or are they more, there is no God. And I know that for a fact. It's both. It's, it's both. Really, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, not awesome, but <laughs> thank you for sharing. <laughs> so Dakmar, um, tell me a little bit about your faith journey. Tell me about um, growing up and um, how the church or did or did not impact your life and, and where you're at now. Okay, so I wasn't actually baptized when I was born. Both of my older sisters were, um, but my parents uh, didn't really do much with their faith. They both grew up uh, Catholics, but um, as soon as they had children, it wasn't really something they practiced. So after my first two sisters were born, they were baptized, but me and my little brother were not. Um, When I was eight, I think I found something like faith. I don't really know, but I was absolutely convinced that God existed and I wanted to be baptized and do my communion. I don't really know if that's the correct word. No, Okay, pause right there. Do you remember why you were eight years old? What happened that made you go, there's a God and I know it? Um... I don't really know, maybe just talk with my grandparents and other people around me, mostly old people mm-hmm. that did believe there was a God and they had stories and I don't know what, but I was certain. Um, in school, also I went to a Catholic school. So that was also like, we did learn about it and stuff, but not everyone believed. But maybe because of that, in combination with the conversations I had, but it's, it's been a really long time. Yeah. I don't know for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just know that you had an experience when you were about eight years old where you were like, if there's a God, I, I want to serve him kind of thing because you want yeah. to be baptized and do all that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I got baptized at eight years old, which is uh, pretty rare, I think. And uh, I think also the same year I did my communion and... Four years later, I did 
uh, form soul. I just a Dutch word. I really don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, tell me, like, describe it, because uh, I'm not familiar with that word. Um, it's like um, we had a group of people, and we had like church studies, and we had to go in like complete uh, party kind of sphere in the in the church. Maybe like we confirmation. Maybe yeah, like, that could be. Maybe confirmation because I remember the Lutherans. I, I went to a Lutheran school growing up, and I'm pretty sure there's like a confirmation thing that they do. And then I think it's a Catholic thing as well. If you're Catholic or Lutheran, let me know if I'm right. <laughs> but we're gonna go with that for right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I went to high school, which is uh, in the Netherlands that starts at around 12. I think I was 11, but um. I went to a public school and there were no more classes about um, about God and about Catholic faith and everything. Um, and I also didn't go to church anymore, really. I, al I already didn't do that much because on Sundays I wanted to go to the horses. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, and, and something else that I think you shared um, that it was pretty boring. What was church like for you when you did go? Church was like a priest standing um, on the altar. I don't. I think so. And um, he was just reading out of the Bible, and everyone had sit, and you had like a little book, and every once in a while you get it got to get up and sing with everyone. Uh, to a song which she didn't know the words to so it was kind of just sitting and then every once in a while standing up and singing and everything that the priest was saying you didn't really understand because it wasn't difficult words and I was like mm. eight or nine years old so when you <laughs> when you went sorry to keep on interrupting you when you um did go to church who did you go with who would take you to church um I think it was my mom and my dad and sometimes my brothers and sisters would tag along too, but mostly just me and my my parents. Mm. But sometimes there was also like a children's themed like um, part of the church yeah. where you could go on Saturdays, I think, or Sundays, and then you would have to... Uh, it's really hard because I was fucking English a lot. That's all right. Past few years. <laughs> That's all right. Um, but like a part of the the service would be in a Sunday school. Uh, yeah, kind mm -hmm. of like that. So everything would be understandable, and you would actually get to ask your questions and everything. So that was that was fun always. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then as you got older, and that wasn't really even an option, and it was already kind of boring, and then you go to a school where you're not learning about God anymore, but I think you were learning about other things, right? So do you want to explain what you were taught in school that maybe started to make you question whether God was real? Well, I think it's mainly like the start of the world that is um, said in schools, like the Big Bang Theory and everything around that it just all had to me it was more real like they had more um 
reasons why that was the case and everything like that that just made more sense to me than than a god that said two people on this earth and everything after that is from them like how is it even possible if there are black people on this earth if both adam and eve were white <laughs> why i would like flip it like what how do we know that why are there white people <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a good question. You have a lot of really good questions, and I want to get to that in a second. Um, but I wanted to fast forward a little bit because I, I know that you you shared in um, the application that you filled out to come on as my co-host um, that you really kind of lost your faith in high school or in that junior high because I know that the grades are a little different, but in that teen, uh, early teens, right? It was kind of yeah. like uh, I don't really believe this anymore. Um, and now, you know, fast forward to, to you being 19, um, where are you right now in terms of what you believe about God? Is it still something you're curious about or are you feeling like, uh, it's an aside? Um, I'm curious about it. That's definitely true, especially now that my father has become a Jehovah witness, Jehovah um, Witness. So <laughs> when did that happen? Because he, for years, wasn't involved in the church or any type of religion, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, my dad had cancer about two years ago in November. And um, then they started to go to a Protestant, like Lutheran church. Mm-hmm. And my stepmom had been a Jehovah Witness um, from when she was born. Her parents were Jehovah Witnesses, and so was her complete family. But um, I think around the time when she got to the Netherlands, because she's Polish from origin, yeah. <laughs> um, she uh, wasn't a Jehovah Witness anymore. And around the time that my dad was um cancer free um she wanted to go back to that and my dad joined her so right now he's doing everything he can to become an actual jehovah witness because you have to go to bible study and everything like that wow and what has that been like seeing your dad become Jehovah Witness and you can call it Jehovah Witness I know that's what you guys call it in the Netherlands I just wanted to clarify uh, for anyone listening that um, because we're familiar with the Jehovah Witness uh, and not necessarily the Jehovah thing so okay uh, yeah yeah um it's been weird kind of because um he's probably not gonna listen to this so it's fine yeah. but sometimes he says like they believe and uh, they think that and it's like okay so they believe that do you not like why are you trying to become a Jehovah Witness if you don't really believe in it and mm -hmm. especially when they are like trying to convince me because they have to because of their faith um, it's kind of difficult because I see them as my family and I just want to be able to talk to them and I want to know about their faith because they're my family. So it interests me in what they believe in. But especially in that faith, it's so difficult for me to believe that that's the reality. Mm -hmm. what, what have you learned so far about Jehovah Witness? Because 
normally I probably will not be talking with co-hosts about other religions as much unless it's part of their story. This is a little part of your story, and it definitely makes you wonder what's real, what's not. Um, what is it about the Jehovah Witness faith um, or what you've been told by your dad or your stepmom that makes you go, I don't think this is the real deal? For example, everything is Satanistic. That's a big thing for me. Like, they are not allowed to watch Harry Potter because that's uh, magic, and magic is Satanistic. Satanistic. Um, and also the fact that there are only around, I don't know for sure the number, but um, 40,000 spots in heaven available. And the rest of the, the people that are Jehovah Witnesses and uh, actually lived good, but not good enough to go up to heaven, they stay in like a limbo state and everyone else goes to hell. That would also mean like, because I'm not a Jehovah Witness that I would go to hell, even though I didn't really do anything wrong, but mm. just because I didn't believe in their God, that just does not seem fair to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't know that much about Jehovah Witness, although I have had some people that I love in my life. I remember I when I was your age, actually, just a little bit older than you, I worked in downtown Seattle. And one of the most awesome people that I ever met was, um, I, oh, man, and I, now I'm not going to remember his name. It's going to drive me nuts. But he was like this little 70-year-old guy. Um, he was probably mid, mid-70s. mid And he was the mail clerk. He'd been there forever and um, everybody loved him and he'd go around and he would just, you know, do his thing. But you couldn't give him anything because he didn't celebrate anything because it was, you know, taboo. So we couldn't even like celebrate what he did or, you know, celebrate him, which that drove me nuts because it's so like, <laughs> anyway, is, am I right that that's something too? You cannot celebrate somebody. It's like a vanity type thing, like uh, to celebrate your birthday or to celebrate holidays. Is that another? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do celebrate, I think, two holidays that they have in their religion. But like birthdays, it's a no-go. Uh, Christmas, no thank you. Here in the Netherlands, we have uh, Sinterklaas. That's... Um, another like holiday Claus. we have here yeah, yeah but then <laughs> the original santa claus <laughs> we stole santa claus and like made it into a whole new thing <laughs> yeah yeah okay so yeah no go on that all right yeah okay i just wanted to touch on that briefly because i'm sure that as we go along in this journey i'll bring somebody on who can at least speak a little bit to um the jehovah witness thing um so you wanted to come on here um, I, I mentioned this before we pressed record, but I, um, you know, I've been praying about people coming on here, inviting co-hosts on, because one of the things that I know is it usually takes somebody trusted, um, somebody that you, um, you aren't afraid to share your story with, right. To like come on and, while I invite people who listen to this program who have heard me talk enough times to not think I'm crazy or that I'm going to like <laughs> embarrass them in front of their peers or whoever listens to this later, I know it's a big ask to ask people that don't know me to sign up to be a co-host, right? And so I started praying about who do I know that I think might come on this journey with me? 
and I had talked with your sister, who I talk to every week, um, who was on the Christmas uh, program that we did. And she's a little more closed in terms of faith right now. And I think she'd be okay with me saying that because she shared it on the program. But um, I mentioned to her, I said, I wonder if your sister would come on here. And she goes, maybe you should ask. Well, it was like something that I was praying about, thinking about. But one of the things is it's kind of awkward, if I'm being honest, to (laughs) call up somebody that you haven't talked to for over six months, because I think that's how long it had been, and say, hey, by the way, would you want (laughs) to be my co-host to talk about your faith journey and the fact, you know, that you're questioning it? And by the way, have a bunch of Christians come on to talk to you about like some other things, right? It's a, it's a bit of a jump if you don't know the person and you don't know that it comes out of a place of love, right? Because if you think it comes out of anything else, it becomes a sales pitch or it comes, it's like, I I don't know necessarily how your, your dad and your stepmom have shared their faith with you or tried to convert you. But I, that's the last thing that I want people to feel like, oh, I'm just doing this so that way I get some mark in heaven, right? Like, (laughs) I know I actually, as I shared in the podcast episode you listened to from Christmas, like this is very genuine for me and it's just a a journey that I want to share with other people if you're open to it. So all that to say, I told your sister this. I was busy prepping stuff for the first launch of season four, which was back in February with Tori. And you called me out of the blue like three (laughs) days later and I was like, oh my gosh, you had been on my mind and... um. I picked up the phone and I said, did you know? I mean, I think literally I said, did you know I've been thinking of you? And you're like, no. And I said, did your sister call you? And one thing you need to know about Dutch people, and especially this Dutch family, is they always tell me the truth. They always like, well, just tell me like it is. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) there's no BS. And so (laughs) you said, no, she didn't call me. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And so I was so excited to invite you on. But then I was, I thought, well, what if I didn't make, um, cause I had created this video to invite people. And I thought, what if I didn't do, uh, if I didn't think of who was on the other receiving end of that, what if I didn't do enough, uh, to like, let that person know that I care about them or whatever. And so I said, instead of just flat out just inviting you on, I said, would you watch the video? And if you are okay with it, would you consider being my co-host? And I got a text from you, I think later that day or the next morning and saying, I loved it. And I signed up. Why did you do that, Doc Mar? Well, kind of because I am still curious about faith. Like, I want to believe in something. And in this program it's like you get to ask the hard questions Mm -hmm. like the questions that usually nobody has the answer to they're just like yeah that's just what I believe and I'm kind of hoping that in this program I get my answer my questions answered and actually maybe even believe again or Mm -hmm. I don't know what will happen but at least I will try yeah so yeah Oh, well, I, that's my heart's desire is that through doing this, that there would be something real found in relationship with Jesus. And there's no guarantee that that's the outcome, right? Because I think faith is always that, right? There's always a part that we won't know this side of eternity. It's, it is a a step of faith. Like, I know for me, because I'm a skeptic by nature, like, yes, I grew up in the Christian, in a Christian home. Yes. 
Um, even in my seasons of doubt and stuff, I always wanted Jesus. But I, I know like I will never come to the end of my questions about faith. In fact, every time somebody fills out one of these forms, I think, that is a good question. I want to know the answer to that too, right? And I think those can pile on and on. My husband and I, we read the Bible every morning together. We try to. And I got to tell you, we we read the Old Testament and the New Testament, one chapter of each, because there are things in the Old Testament where every time I read, I'm like, I've got some major questions associated with this. Like, what do you mean this is what happened? Or this is what God... Like, I'm just questioning constantly and ultimately for me um yeah there's become this like this deeper desire for who christ is than my questions i don't know if that makes sense but like it it's not that i don't like ask the questions or want to explore the questions it's that um i i don't know Sometimes I have to lay down my questions and go, okay, God, would you provide an answer for this? And if you don't provide an answer, would you give me the faith to believe if you're real, um, if if you are who you say you are? And um, that's not a prayer that I pray every day, right? But it is a prayer of like surrender of like, okay, either way, I'm going with you. Um, so anyway, I wanted to, uh, that's a, a big aside. <laughs> <Talk more. laughs> Normally I don't like jump in with all my personal things, but I just wanted to share that. Um, you shared some of your questions that if we could try to get addressed during this journey that you would feel like, yeah, let's wrestle with that. And that would be something that would kind of provoke some reflection on your part. Right. So, um, I have a list of them, um, just in case, but do you remember what they are or in general? Um, and, and I can also just read them off and you can tell me why you have that question, whichever way you prefer. Um, I don't remember which questions I wrote, so you can okay. <laughs> go ahead and read them out. <laughs> okay. So one of the things you said, and I think this is a quote, you said, I think that faith should change as the world changes. Where I'm from, the relig- uh, where I'm from, the religion is kind of still from an old age, and I think the rules should change as the time goes on. For example, not having sex until marriage. People here get married when they're around 30, <laughs> which is a legitimate question. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, like I said, the people around here get married when they're around 30, and I get that it's um the the rule kind of is to uh stay pure until marriage which i understand but at the same time we are humans and we have our sexual desires right as is um just human Mm -hmm. and i don't really think that it's um it's like reachable for everyone who believes in god to stay pure until the age of 30 which is usually when you get married around here so what i see too here is that people of faith they get married around 20 21 like i think that's kind of how it is in america too Mm -hmm. right and so i don't know (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if people of faith get married earlier here, but I imagine perhaps yes, if they 
want to have sex. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, not a, I. I will say this: not every person who is a Christian is not having sex until no, they get married. I know, but yeah. but still, like that's kind of the 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 goal, right? So the thing is, like, if you jump into marriage because you want to have sex, and it turns out that that person is not your one true love, like why does there's so much pressure on yeah I don't really know how to say this but there's like so much pressure on you to wait until marriage and if that's the reason that you jump into marriage not being certain that that's the person you want to spend the rest of your life with but you do it anyway because you have your sexual desires I think that should not be how it is I Mm -hmm. think that that should change along with the time that people even get married because around here people focus on their careers until they're like 30 and that's the time when they're starting to want to have a family and getting married and having children and everything like that so I think that for example that rules should change along with the the rest of the community the rest of the people that live here okay yeah that's that's good Okay, so we got one there. That's a that's a big one. That's definitely probably a whole episode. I mean, I don't know. Um, okay, and then you had a question about um, brothers and sisters and the origin of humanity. So, love for you to share a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay. So, from my perspective, it's like Adam and Eve. They were not related because they were both put. Yeah. Well, they're kind of related because, like. Eve was made out of Adam, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... The rib uh, yeah. connects them, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if that's true, which I don't know for sure, Yeah. how is it possible that we are all just healthy? Because if they had children, that would mean their children would have had children with each other and so on and so on which eventually leads to this whole population that we have on earth now but it is also proven that right now if brothers and sisters um have children together they are way more likely to have illnesses um like for example down syndrome syndrome is one of those that is very common or heart diseases or anything like that so when my brain goes then it's like okay so it's either that that isn't true or it's that we were supposed to be a way more superior species than we are right now (laughs) maybe that's a bingo (laughs) Uh, okay that's uh that's good yeah, you asked, uh, were we even better than now? Um, were we better before? I think it's a very interesting, interesting question. Um, definitely try to address that. Um, you asked about where is God in times of need. Would you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, like, for example, during the corona crisis, that's just what's going on right now. Um, if there really is a God and he really looks out for us, why is that the case right now is it maybe to um 
I'm going to say this very bluntly because Go that's ahead. how we are here. That's right. <laughs> Is it maybe to, to like murder off the sinners or anything like that? But still, it doesn't really make sense to me now because both of my grandparents got Corona and they are people of religion. They are very much Catholic and they really believe in everything. So why would they get coronavirus? Like mm. they made it out, sure. But why would they even get it in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good question. Um, where is God in general? Tell me about that question. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like there are no signs that God exists. Like you talk about all those those terms i think i don't know but the the thing that something real stands for like uh for example love you can find love in other things like not just god you can find love in your family in your friends in everything like what is it to make sure what what proves mm -hmm. that he is real because I've never seen Jesus do anything. That's just what I hear people saying. Yeah. How am I supposed to know that that's true if I've never seen it or heard it like in for, with my own ears like that? So how is it? I know that's the question of faith, but for me, that's kind of a big one. Yeah. Yeah. You. It's it's never faith is never just knowledge and it's never just experience um but if it's not both it can become a real a real problem can't it i mean one it becomes legalism it's just something i know and i'm or i believe in so i'm going to you know do the thing and if it just becomes experience then when somebody asks you about faith <laughs> you're not going to have any clue what to say or when life changes because Life is a series of ups and downs, right? When life is high, yay, praise God. And when life is low, uh, where right, where are you? Right, which I actually think is totally legit, but we have to hold on to um, to actual like knowledge too, right? That's why, that's why knowledge is so important, but experience is so important because that is um, – when we don't have faith experiences, right? Uh, we have a book, you know, the Bible, or we have what people tell us, but we don't know for ourselves. Like, so I think it's both, but um, that's a really good question. And I'll add that one to the list. Now we have one final one, because you gave, you gave five, which is fantastic, which means that your episodes are going to be long. So we're going to have to do some some work trying to I figure out how more. we do this. I have way more. If oh, I know. If, if you don't have enough, I have way more. <laughs> we might have to bring you on in a later date. Um, so you were sharing a little bit about the three major religions in the world and about their perception of God. And I think this is a great question. Uh, would you share a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. So in my, uh, in what I see, the three major religions in the world are like um, Muslim, um, Jewism, Islam, uh, Judaism, and, and Christianity. Yeah. So like, they're all supposed to have like the same God, they just call them by a different name. That's what I've learned throughout mm -hmm. talking with more, more people. And my question is then, okay, so if that's one God, 
how are there three religions based on the same God? Do they all have different rules and do they all view Jesus differently? Mm -hmm. Like, is that just the fault of the humans who didn't perceive the, the signs of him good enough? Or I don't know, but it's just something that bugs me. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dakmar, first of all, like I'm super excited because I do think some of these questions have like legit answers this side of heaven. And uh, I think we're going to be like on a really awesome journey together. Um, now, what I get to do is I get to go find some people who like really want to dive into some of this stuff with us. And I think it's going to be fantastic. We're recording this um, in mid-February. So um, Lord willing, we're going to find some fantastic people to come on here and chat with us before April rolls around. But I do have a couple final thoughts um, or uh, things that I wanted to talk to you about. One, um, when I say the name Jesus Christ, what comes to your mind? Uh, what thoughts come to your mind? What, what do you believe about him currently? Well, what comes to my mind is um, mostly a man in a kind of like a dress with a belt and a beard <laughs> and long hair on saddles. And also um, the story of how he um, got a paralyzed man to walk again. Hmm. Because um, I shared that story and you listened to it. <laughs> yeah, but I already knew that oh, story. Oh, you already but knew that's it? That's probably the, the last. <laughs> Was it like significant to you before I shared it? Did you like that story? Yeah, I did. Hmm. That's cool. That's cool. But okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Oh, it's fine. But I don't know. Maybe like the stories that I learned about him, about him always helping other people and also dying for our sins and stuff like that. That's just, it's like a picture that I like in my mind, but I don't know if I believe it because no. as I said, I've never seen him before. Like, right. uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I'm super thankful that you shared all of this and that you were so honest with me and to the listener. Um, and if you're a listen, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, man, you know, <laughs> if I was in Doc Marsh shoes, I would have all these questions too. And then some, which I think she does. Um, yeah, I mean, how do you find faith when <laughs> it's not something you grew up with? Everyone around you uh, either doesn't believe or maybe believed, but then decided, yeah. And then, yeah, there's all these other ideas. So I think, first of all, I'm just super stoked that you're interested in going on this journey um, and that you trust me to take you on it. <laughs> I feel so honored. Um, so um, let's see. This podcast has always been about a journey, and over the course of the next few weeks, I hope you and I will be able to have a series of conversation with a uh, series of conversations with folks who will be touching on some of the same issues you brought up in your own story. Um, I know you're busy. I know you have a job, but I also know that you commute, right? You have long commutes. So yeah. I was going to ask you to do some reading for me during this journey. 
And uh, it's up to you. You don't have to say yes. You can think about this later. Although I do put people on the spot during this kind of situation. (laughs) Uh, We can always delete this part later. Um, So I was going to ask if you would read um, the Gospels. So uh, especially Luke and John. Um, And also a book that is by um, a man who has since passed away, but was a very, very famous theologian. You may have uh, heard of him before, C.S. Lewis, a book called Mere Christianity. I'm typing it down. Okay. Um, The reason C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis grew up as an atheist. He wasn't, um, he wasn't really interested um, in God. In fact, I just read, he's written so many great books. They're really for me, they're very slow going because my mind doesn't think like him and he's like way up here and I'm like, eh. <laughs> I don't know. but um, he talks about growing up as an atheist and having like these like loving like fantasy and all these ideas, but they were always fantasy. It was never something that he was interested real. in. What was that? It was never something real. Yeah, it was never real. And um, and he knew it and he was also very intelligent. He went to Oxford and some friends of his started talking to him about Jesus, right? And I think some of his story is very similar (laughs) to some of the things you've shared because he was just like, yeah, you guys are crazy kind of thing. Like, Jesus has never talked to me, right? You know, that kind of thing. I'm totally paraphrasing. If you are a C.S. Lewis scholar, I'm so sorry. Um, You probably know more, way more about this than I do. But um, yeah, I... I would just encourage you to read at least one of his books. He's also written a book that's been highly recommended here on the program that I have not read, and it's called um, The Great Divorce. He wrote The Chronicles of Narnia, which is why I thought you might be familiar with him. And um, yeah. yeah, and he, yeah, Mere Christianity was written because of a series of radio pod, uh, I almost said podcast, radio broadcasts that happened during World War II. Um, where he was talking, I hope I'm getting all the details of this right, he was talking to people about what is Christianity, what is like the basics of what uh, Christians believe. Very, very interesting. So um, I would encourage you, if you are able, while we're doing this, to read those, because in addition to the people that come on here and share, um, it might just be a way for you to kind of see, oh, this is mere Christianity, or this might be what Jesus actually said about himself in scripture. And it might be somewhat eye-opening as we go through this process together. So what do you think about that? I'm going to try. Okay, Okay. cool. That's all, that's all I, uh, that's all I ask. And then I think the other thing um, that I would just encourage you to do, and um, you, this is up to you, but is... I think there's a part of you that, and you shared this, um, that genuinely wants to know if God is real. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would just start praying um, and say, God, if you are real, show me. Would you show me? Um, and just be open to that. Um, because that that's what's so beautiful about Jesus. Um, <laughs> I'm going to share a little bit of my, <laughs> my thing here. Um the Bible is so clear that when we are seeking after him and it's like, not just like, you know, I, I want to know all of this because whatever, but actually like, no, I want to know, I want to know, um, that he answers that prayer. And in scripture, one of the last scriptures in the Bible 
it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock to anyone who um, like opens the door and lets me in, I'll join that person. And um, it's just this great uh, illustration that that God is not like some far off being, um, you know, judge, like sitting there on some throne, like an old man, just, you know, I, I know Tori at the beginning of this um, journey back in February, her journey, she said, you know, growing up, I felt like God just had this disapproving heart and was, you know, continually like discontent. She said something along those lines. And um, that's not who God is. Like he did enter in. And so um, he's real. I believe he's real. But um, I, if you haven't experienced that, um, I would just encourage you to at least ask him. Ask him. Aside from all of this, say, hey, if you are real, would you show me? And maybe show me through this process. What do you think about that, <laughs> Is that too much yeah, preaching? Think, no, no, sure. I I mean, I can try. I have tried it before, yeah. but that's been like a really long time ago. Yeah. And I mean, the least thing I can do is try because yeah. I do want to believe in something. But up until now, there's just too many things that don't make sense to me. And maybe throughout this process, I will learn stuff that I never thought would would be possible but i do want to open my heart if he's real i want to know i want to feel it and i truly want to believe it but right now i just can't yeah and that's that's really fair that's fair yeah i love you i'm so glad you're here final question the finding something real podcast is about a journey towards restoration eternity, authenticity, and love. And as we just discussed earlier, I believe those things that in, (laughs) let me rephrase this. Um, I believe those things um, in their truest form are strict, like exclusively found in relationship with Jesus. Um, If you had to pick one uh, that is the most compelling to you, the thing that you desire most in your life from God, even if you don't believe that premise right now, um, that he offers restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love in their best forms, what would it be that you would want from him and why? I think it would be eternity because um, I think that's the one thing that we can't have on our own without a relationship with God because like restoration, you can redeem yourself for any bad thing you've done. That's at least what it's like in my eyes. Like if you really try, you can make up for it. I don't know. Yeah, I think that was what the word meant. <laughs> <laughs> Authenticity. I think you can stay close to yourself and be true to who you are. And love, you can find that, as I said, in friendships, in family, in any in for my in my experience also with animals i find love in in relationship with animals like those things i think can all be found in life as we live it but eternity i don't think so Hmm. (laughs) because yeah you can be remembered throughout ages and everything but you can't really 
live or at least like have experiences throughout eternity and i just want to believe that after this life there is a heaven with everyone that i've ever loved and i get to live out the rest of eternity with them and everything else and even learn learn new get to know other people as i am dead like i would love for that to be real mm -hmm. so yeah that's why i choose eternity that's awesome all right well dakmar from the netherlands i'm honored that you're here as i've already shared i can't wait for us to record some episodes together and I have a feeling that you are going to share your tough questions in a beautiful way. And I'm eager to hear how people respond along, along this journey. So I encourage you, if you're listening right now, to take a listen. And don't stop listening here, friend. Uh, there's a lot more to come. So until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting co-hosts to join me to share their personal stories, and to ask their honest questions about the Christian faith. Each month, we hope to feature a different co-host and together invite guests on to share from their own faith journeys and experiences. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all about what's so great about Jesus, I hope you come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.